This is On the Block with Brent Axe. Welcome back or aboard if you're just joining us. Great to have you here on the block ESPN radio. As uh, we like to say around these parts, summer's just killing time till football season. This man helps us kill a lot of time till football season. Right, and all the good things on theathletic.com. He, look, he is worth the price of a subscription to The Athletic alone, but you get so much more when you subscribe. His State of the Program piece on Syracuse is an absolute must-read, so check that out. All his great work on college football. Always a pleasure to be joined on the program by Bruce Feldman, who's with us here on ESPN Radio Syracuse. How you doing, Bruce? I'm doing well. I appreciate the kind words. Thank you, Bert. Absolutely, sir. Always good to hear your voice because that means football is getting closer and you're going through and doing the previews and the state of the programs and media days and all that fun stuff. And I really loved your piece about Syracuse. And I wanted to ask you, Bruce, was in putting that together, what impressed you the most about this Syracuse team that you wrote about? You know, it was actually in the recruiting section because, you know, I've seen the product on the field and, you know, I think they've, they're, you know, what Dan, you know, Babers has done there has been, it's a, it's a fun team to watch. It's fun offense. They're fast. And I think all that's positive. The thing that I, it didn't really resonate with me until I actually doing the research on it is you look at really the recruiting classes he signed that made up a big part of that 10 win season, season last year, they average around number 55 in the recruiting rankings. And so what it speaks to is a, they're evaluating better than the much better than the experts had thought and B uh, they're developing players. And I think that what they've you know really done is change that roster. I mean, the team doesn't look the same. They have longer guys, they have faster guys. And I think, you know, he did it in a, in a place that quite honestly, a lot of us thought the time had passed by, you know, Syracuse football's best days were behind it. And you could point to a lot of, a lot of reasons why it had, it had struggled. And he went in there and as he says in the piece on the athletic, it was like, this is pretty much how I expect it. You know, <laughs> by year two, year three, we get this thing cranked up. That's the way it works when we hit it. And he's done it at a couple other places. And, and lo and behold, just ask Clemson how good they are. You know, I mean, it, it didn't look like there's really anything fluky about what's going on there either. It's interesting, Bruce, because just today I'm, I'm seeing that. I'm sure you saw the video of LSU's facilities and, all the big heavyweights in college football. And Syracuse has made some upgrades here, certainly, but not on that level. You mentioned the recruiting classes and being a private school, the weather, like all those usual things that Syracuse has to fight in the big-time college football game. So all that being said, does it make it that much more impressive that they have managed to kind of you know, put a, a foothold at the top of the ACC, which they have to maintain, despite the things that they don't have at this point? Absolutely. Especially when you look at it. I mean, I grew up in upstate New York too. And, you know, one of my you know childhood buddies went and played for coach Mack. I mean, didn't really actually play, but was on, you know, was on a scholarship <laughs> player. And there's not a, relatively speaking, certainly compared to the rest of the ACC compared to much of the rest of the top 25, there's just not a lot of talent um, in, in a two hour radius there relative to any place else in the college football world. And so to do it and to do it against that backdrop when a lot of other folks had just said, okay, this is a basketball school, just being respectable, will, you know, getting bowl eligible is, is, is honestly quite optimistic, especially after how it had, it had really tailed off and fallen off there. And I think it's one of the reasons why, 
a couple of months ago, we did our top 25 coaches in college football. I'm like, look at what Dino Babers has done, not just at Syracuse, but especially at Syracuse. How do you not have that guy in the top 15? I mean, he is delivering, you know, and I think he's made Syracuse football nationally relevant again. And I don't think there's that many people you can you could talk about who, if they were even among the best coaches in college football, where they could have gotten that done. Bruce, uh, Dino got a contract extension from Syracuse in the offseason, as you saw. I haven't seen the contract. Maybe you have. I mean, you're you're well-connected, Bruce. If you've seen that thing, you want to spill some details, you go right ahead. The point is, I don't think that's done much to ease the concern around here that people are going to be coming for Dino if some big jobs come open here. And, and I, I don't want to speak for him and, and try to get in his head, but my question is, are those fears going to be, you know, Still there? Should Syracuse fans be paranoid that a big time program, should a job come open, is going to come after Dino? I mean, I think that's a good problem to have because you know it's it's been a while since it's been a long time, honestly, since Syracuse had head coach in football that 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 they needed to be worried about other people wanting to pluck away, you know. And um, so I don't know. I, I think what's What's working in Syracuse's favor is, you know, he's a young 57, but at the same time, he was in his late 50s, and I'm not sure. You know, I, I don't, I don't think it would, it would be a, it would scare people off to say, oh, he's 58, and he, because he doesn't seem like it. It's not like, you know, when Phil Fulmer was getting up in that age, he seemed older than that. There's a couple of handful of coaches who were really successful coaches, and they seemed older than they are. Dino seems younger than he is, so. I, you know, I think it depends on the job, and certainly um, it's hard to, you know, it's hard to know until that that all those factors are presented. But you know, no matter what, I mean, he's definitely made Syracuse football up a lot better than it was. It's just it's it's hard to know what anyone's going to do until they're presented with that opportunity. I mean, I think it's going to take. It would take a really big job, though, I think, to probably get his attention right now because he's already done a lot of the heavy lifting to get to what it is, and you know there's a lot of young talent in the pipeline. So, you know, does he want to be the guy who's constantly, you know, transforming programs? He's not done it three times, or does he want to see, you know, how much better can we get this thing now that we've got a lot of momentum? I mean, not to say that if a huge job is out there, you know, if I'm USC and I'm looking for coaches, you know, Babers, who by the way is, you know, grew up in Hawaii, has lived all over. He's a guy I would definitely put on my radar for sure, but that doesn't mean he would jump at the chance. I mean, uh, you know, I, I, when I talked to him the other day, he was very, very uh, grateful to the support from the local community there. So, so we'll see. I think you just got to, you got to ride it out and see, you know, just, you know, kind of be as, as positive and upbeat as you can for the for what you have when you have it, and see where it goes. Bruce Feldman is our guest from the Athletic. Make sure you subscribe, read his stuff, all the great college football coverage there at the Athletic. Bruce, I'll give you the Goldilocks test on this. So Syracuse was picked number two in the ACC's Atlantic Division uh, by the media that was there covering ACC Media Day last week. Is that too hot, too cold, or just right to you? I think it's fair. I mean, look. It's- you know, they have a really talented young quarterback in Tommy DeVito. Some really, really good skill guys. I think the offensive line is a question mark because you have to replace three starters. Uh, defensively, terrific bookends. You know, a real leader there on defense, especially in Kendall Coleman. And arguably as good a secondary as probably 
and certainly anybody in the ACC is going to have, but you know, I would put that in the top five secondary just because of the players they have of starting experience, but the depth and the athleticism you have back there. They're terrific on special teams. I mean, that all bodes well. It's just, I think if there's a question right now, it's, and Dino, you know, spoke to this at the end of the article on the athletic was just depth. If they get hit in the wrong place, it could get wobbly. But you know what? You could say that about almost every other program with the exception maybe of Clemson and the ACC. So I think, you know, I think that's fair. I mean, I don't, I don't certainly don't think it's, it's too low. I mean, I, I think right there, you know, I, I don't know, short of Clemson, I can't name a team that's right now better positioned in the ACC to make a run at 10 wins. I mean, Miami has a really soft schedule after they get past, you know, Florida, who I don't think is a good team, and I don't think a great team in their opener. You know, Miami has, to me, more question marks. They have the same question marks on the offensive line. They have a, probably a bigger question mark at quarterback. And you look at the same thing. Virginia Tech has issues. I just don't know where anybody looks beyond Clemson and say, oh, I feel really confident that this team is going to win 10 games beyond the team that we saw just win 10 games last year and has gone toe-to-toe the last two years against by far the best team in the conference. I believe all seven teams in the ACC Coastal got at least one first-place vote, which shows just how nutty that side of the conference is for sure. Uh, Zooming out a little bit on college football, Bruce, I feel like Alabama-Clemson, it's like the next Avengers movie that comes out. They just put a, a colon in a different, you know, title, Avengers Endgame, Avengers this, but it's always the same movie in a sense. Do you feel like we're on a collision course for yet another Alabama-Clemson national title game? It sure feels like that. I mean, you take arguably the two top quarterbacks in the country in two at Alabama and certainly Trevor Lawrence from Clemson. They have great receiving cores, lots of skill talent around it. Um, And they still, I know Clemson lost a bunch of really good D-linemen, Alabama lost the best D-lineman, but they're still loaded in how they've recruited. And also, when you look at their schedules, they don't present a lot of really, you know, huge matchups. You know, Alabama gets LSU, a team they blew out last year in Baton Rouge. This year it's at home. I don't think the rest of the SEC is that that daunting. You know, yeah, they probably have to play Georgia in the SEC title game, and Georgia's given given them, you know, their hands full, but and on the other side, I see Clemson. You know, to me, Syracuse is the biggest is the the biggest threat, just because it's a team that is is built to be competitive with them, just in terms of the matchup with those big receivers. And we've seen Syracuse give them problems. You know, I I, I mean, I'm not going to pick Syracuse in Week Three against them. I think it's mid September, whatever it is. But I think this is a um, you know, you're picking a big upset if you're picking somebody else beyond Clemson and Alabama right now. Bruce, uh, final question for you here. Uh, sports gambling is going to be uh, legal here in the state soon. They're opening one right down the road from us here, and I'm thinking of placing a wager on the Heisman. Should I go Trevor Lawrence or the field on that? I would go the field. You know, I think Trevor finished the year great in a you know spectacular fashion. But I think there's plenty of other really good quarterbacks, and I think sometimes when you have the expectations that are around Trevor, um, you know it's hard to it's hard to exceed them, much less live up to them. So I don't know. I would lean towards the field just because it seems like every year we've got a curveball winning the Heisman. You know, it's somebody we didn't think. I don't think anybody believed that uh, Kyler Murray was going to be the guy a year ago. I'm not sure how many people thought Baker would be it. I mean, you go down all the way back to, like, 
Johnny Manziel. Nobody saw that coming. And there's, I think the Heisman voters want a newness often. And I'm not saying it's going to be some guy completely off the radar, but that's what it's, we've seen a lot of. It's usually the favorite has a hard time living up to those expectations, at least in the Heisman voters' eyes. Bruce, always a pleasure to catch up and discuss some college football with you. We'll certainly catch up down the road, but thank you so much for your time today, my friend. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Bruce. That's Bruce Feldman. You know it. You love it. You read it. The Athletic, and you should read his college football preview, state of the programs, columns, the freaks list, which includes a couple of Syracuse players, one of the absolute best in the business, and love talking college football with him. We'll break on that note. We can certainly... Talk more Cuse football on the other side. Follow up on some things we discussed with Bruce, Bayheim's Army. We still got a pair of tickets to give away to that, by the way, before the end of the show. We'll go on the blind side, a full 10-question blind side, presented by Burdick Toyota. Still a lot to do here. Hang in there. You're on the block, ESPN Radio.